0: Well, hello, teachers, and welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. Caitlin here. Jessica's here, too. Hey, everybody. And we are going to be talking about two changes that we absolutely think you should be making when it comes to teaching narrative writing specifically. I mean, it is applicable to other writing as well, but Mm -hmm. we're going to focus on narratives for the sake of this episode. Um, So, Jessica, do you want to start us off?
1: Yeah, I think we were coming up with topics, you know, for the podcast, and we knew we wanted to be talking more about narrative writing, and we were thinking about how we often hear teachers complain, right? Like, my kid's writing, it's not great, or it's not strong in narrative writing. I know I need to teach it. It's a standard. I have to do it, right? But I'm not seeing growth with my students, or I'm not seeing these great results from their narratives. And this might hurt, but we might need to consider, like, is it the students, or is it the way... We are delivering the curriculum or we are teaching narrative writing. So we're going to talk about that today and some changes, like you said, Caitlin, that we can make to maybe get those strong results from our students' writing.
0: And I know that's kind of a hard mindset shift sometimes. I know mm-hmm. I would have had a hard time hearing that my right. first couple of years teaching. But I think as you grow older, right, and you're in the profession a little bit longer and you start to realize, like, if my students aren't getting it, it's really something probably stemming from me. Mm-hmm. And I, I've had that happen in my 10th you know, year teaching. I taught my students a uh, grammar concept. We were talking about simple compound, complex, compound, complex sentences. And I gave them a test. I thought they knew it. The test was an epic failure. And I was like, okay, I did something wrong. <laughs> I need to come back to this concept and teach it differently. So if that is like your experience right now that your kids just can't write, well, maybe we need to take a step back and look at exactly what you're saying like the methods through which we're delivering this concept to our
1: kids for sure and i think it's challenging in these times right with so much available to us online we can find what seems like oh my gosh this great narrative writing unit it looks like so much fun my kids are gonna love it i find it online or i you know replicate something i've seen on pinterest and then it doesn't quite work. But perhaps the reason it's not quite working is it's taught in isolation. And I know we've discussed this before on the podcast that we are firm believers that all types of writing, including narrative writing, needs to have this foundational approach where you dive in deep and you teach a lot of strategies with it, but then you're not done when that unit's over. You continually revisit those concepts throughout the entire year. So that's kind of what we're gonna get into today. That's the change number one is having this long-term game plan. So if you want to dive right in. Yeah, I'll start
0: with change number one and then you can cover uh, change number two. Yeah. So I like change number one because um, if you've listened to the podcast, you know I'm an athlete. I played sports all my life. I was a basketball coach when I taught at at the high school I taught at. And I like to really equate this change number one to sports. Like I like to use sports as an analogy. And the change number one is to have a long-term game plan. And so really what that means is having a long-term game plan in terms of the skills that you're covering throughout the course of the year, right? So with the analogy of basketball, we're not just as coaches teaching our athletes, coaching our athletes, hey, we're going to practice dribbling today and then we're not going to practice dribbling again for like a month. <laughs> and then we're going to practice shooting today and then we're not going to practice shooting again for a month or ever again until we go to the championship game. It just, do you see that the disconnect that happens there? And that's kind of the same concept that might be happening with writing. If you're teaching your students narratives at the beginning of the year for two weeks and then you don't touch it again for the rest of the year, well, how are they developing that skill? How are they really mastering that standard if they've only been given the opportunity to practice it one time? And so what we like to to do, and we really highly suggest that you start thinking about how can you incorporate this into your plans for the next school year is to... Spent time, yes, at the beginning of the year, going in deep into the writing, like going into every single part of narrative writing, talking about leads, descriptive details, dialogue, transitions, conflict, endings, and all of the aspects that make up a narrative writing piece. And spend three weeks on that, right? We, ha- we have a how to teach narrative writing course. We have a whole scope and sequence that's like a three-week scope and sequence that we teach our teachers. Um, and they, they teach that unit at the very beginning of the year really in depth. Well, that's not it. Students are going to be writing narratives throughout the school year, but focusing on maybe more specific uh, standards within narrative writing. So let me give you an example of this. One of our most recent units for our EB Teachers Club is uh, focused on the short story by O. Henry called After 20 Years. And our teachers are teaching this at the end of the school year. Well, a lot of our teachers have already taught narrative writing. Well, now at the end of the school year, this particular unit, we have them focusing on endings, particularly twist endings because O. Henry is very famous for them. And if you haven't read After 20 Years, it's really good to a study and super unexpected. Um, so students now at the end of the school year are practicing narratives and endings again, but that doesn't mean they haven't practiced, you know, another narrative unit in December when they finished their novel unit and they focus specifically on dialogue. And so start to think about that. You teach it in depth at the beginning of the school year and then throughout every single one of your units for the rest of the year, students are still writing smaller narrative writing pieces, focusing on one of those specific narrative writing skills, leads, details, dialogue, transitions, et cetera.
1: And I think that's so key what you're saying. It's like, cause it can be daunting. Like, oh my gosh, I have to, I have so much other things I need to teach. Right. I can't do narratives all the time, but when you really say, okay, we're focusing on one tiny thing, we're talking maybe a paragraph or two for these mini assignments. They're still practicing. They're still getting that review of narrative um, techniques. So I think it's so important to not overwhelm yourselves and say, I don't have to do this huge project. Totally. Well, and you know, you teach it
0: all in depth at the beginning of the year, right? And then maybe mm-hmm. that next unit that your kids are writing a narrative, you're focused on leads. Right. Well, the next narrative writing unit that they do, they continue to focus on leads and the skills that they already know around that particular standard. And then you add dialogue right. and then you just build on it and build on it and build on it. kind of like math, but I was just writing. thinking that like
1: now that I'm homeschooling, you know, Jamison, my six-year-old It's like, I see his math homework and I feel like math teachers have it dialed in or math companies that create these worksheets, right? There's always the new math concept, but on every single homework piece or handout, the last two questions are a spiraled review. And you don't often see that in writing. And I think, gosh, we need to be doing that. We always need to be revisiting those concepts.
0: Well, and something else, total interjection, and we don't even have this in our notes, but our bell ringers that we've used with our students and that we've created that are such a pain in the butt to create, but so <laughs> wonderful to use in the classroom. <laughs> um, where the kids are always working on narratives throughout the school year in the bell ringers as well. So they might be True. writing you know, a lead on a random day in October, but they're practicing that skill again. And then they might come back to it again when they do narratives, you know, when they see narratives in the bell ringer again in February. So they're constantly coming back to those narrative writing skills. So side note, but I think important.
1: Yes. So change number one, you need a plan. What is your game plan? How will you tie narrative writing in throughout your entire school year? Which brings us to change number two. And this one I think is also super important. And it's that students need direction. It's so funny, like narrative writing, it's creative, right? There isn't always necessarily a framework, although I do think that's actually quite helpful in narrative writing, but we cannot just give our students a topic and say, okay, write, you know, six paragraphs or three pages, include some dialogue and it's due next Tuesday. Oh my goodness. I've seen that happen in classrooms and it like, it pains me. I was working once in a classroom where they did a narrative unit and I'm not even kidding you guys. It went on for like two and a half Months. That is not an exaggeration. And it was just like, oh my gosh. And students would just write things like, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then and then and then, and they lost focus. And it just was a mess. So I truly believe students need direction. And I actually was just telling Caitlin this too. Uh, I'd been looking through a, an ELA textbook I have for middle school, and there was a narrative writing section in it. And so I was just skimming it, and these were the sentences I found. Telling students about writing introductions, it said something like, say something that makes your audience want to keep reading. And I was like, what does that even mean? Like, how is that helpful to a sixth or seventh grader? Like, that could mean anything. They need explicit direction. And then later on in the little mini narrative unit, it said, end your narrative in a way that makes the audience know you're done. And again, I was like, what? And like, that, like you said earlier, Caitlin, like, that's why kids write, Thank you for reading my paper. <laughs> this is the end. <laughs> oh my gosh, the end, right? So, even like major textbooks that we're giving our kids are not giving explicit directions. So, we must be doing that. So, instead of saying to kids, You know, start your, in- or your narrative in an interesting way, we need to explicitly teach them there are six types of leads there are questions, flashbacks, snapshots, dialogue, sound effect, and action. We need to give them examples of a poor lead and a strong lead. Then they need to practice writing different types of leads for the same topic. And we've talked about this on the podcast, I think last week's episode, actually, about how you can turn that into games and have other classmates guess what type of lead you're writing. That is explicit instruction. That's going to stick with them and help them know what a lead is and why they need to include it in a narrative unit, not just start in an interesting way. And it gives them so much more confidence, "Oh my gosh, yes, because they have a
0: point of reference to begin. You know, if you're like, say something in an interesting way, and the kid is like, uh, what?
1: <laughs> what are right. you or to write?" They think what they're writing is interesting, <laughs> and it's like, "Oh, it's really not. you know, so there's so much we can do with that. Yeah. And I think when we use explicit directions and we divide up narrative writing into mini lessons that focus on key techniques, then they can start applying that into a larger writing piece. Again, that foundational approach at the beginning of the year and then practicing those um, techniques throughout the year. So change number two, you need to be very clear in your directions. It's gonna give focus to your narrative unit. You're not gonna have, you know, one of those two and a half month long units. You're gonna narrow it down. Three weeks is plenty of time to cover this stuff and teach the kids what they need to know to start practicing later on in the yeah, year. Yeah, I think that's great. I,
0: it's such an important change. So, just to reiterate, the two changes that we really, truly—if you're gonna start somewhere and you want, you know, some direction to go, you know, sit down and start mapping out your long-range plans. Which, if you haven't listened to our episodes about long-range planning and batch planning, I highly suggest you go back and listen to those too. I think they're gonna be really helpful when you start to sit down and map this out. But number one is to have that long-term game plan throughout the school year. Students are constantly practicing narratives in some capacity. And then number two, students need direction, explicit instruction for each of those different techniques that are incorporated in narrative writing. Um, So as we come to the end of this episode, I want to remind you guys, I think we mentioned it, maybe on the last couple of episodes about our free narrative writing training that's coming on June 25th. And um, we're going to be talking about just different strategies beyond what we're talking about on the podcast that you can really start using to create a strong narrative writing, um, program really at your school. Mm-hmm. So mark your calendars, June 25th, we will be sharing more details about how to sign up in the coming weeks, but put a little reminder for yourself on the 25th that, you know, set aside some time. I think it's going to be about 45 minutes to an hour for our training, and I think it's just really going to be helpful for you moving forward with teaching narratives in your classroom. The other thing that I want to leave you with is a free writing guide that we just finished putting together. Um, It's called How to Get Your Students Mastering Writing Standards. We took each of the writing standards, the the anchor standards for Common Core Uh, English language arts and we broke down, you know, it in plain language. What does this standard even mean? What activities, ideas, strategies can you use with your students to help them master those standards? It's totally free. It's phenomenal. If I might say so myself, Mm -hmm. we did a great job putting it together. Um, And if you go to ebacademics.com forward slash writing guide, you can grab that for free. So that's it for today's episode. Next week, we're going to talk about narratives again
1: looking forward to it.
0: (laughs) All right. We'll see you guys next week on the podcast. Have a good one.